Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Welcome to Football Social Daily. Every single day of the Premier League season, we're here with a lunch break sized bite of Premier League action to keep you up to speed with the latest comings and goings in England's top flight. We're a little bit Geordie heavy today. We've got Marley Anderson and Phil Hudson. He's not Geordie. He's from Carlisle. Wrong on that count, not from Carlisle, but that's an hour away from me. All right, Newcastle fan heavy then. That's like saying to a a scouser, you're from Manchester. Let's not get into arguments (laughs) this early on in the podcast. We're only 30 seconds in. We've also got Dom Dietrich. Hello. He's going to cover all other 19 clubs in the Premier League. I'm Jim Salverson, and on the agenda for today, we're going to take a look back at the Premier League teams involved in last night's Caribou Cup action, and that includes a shock defeat for Spurs. We're also going to be trying to work out exactly what is going on at White Hart Lane at the moment after some interesting post-match comments from Mauricio Pochettino and we're going to be speaking to Rochdale's chief exec ahead of the kind of cup tie that makes us all believe in the magic of the cup again. It's Rochdale versus Manchester United in the Caribou Cup. We're looking at the other Caribou Cup ties as well involving Premier League teams, see if we can spot any upsets in tonight's matches. But let's start with the crisis at Spurs because you can't have any blips or small problems in football it's either feast or famine it's plain sailing or crisis and this is definitely a crisis at White Hart Lane at the moment you can understand I mean it's weird isn't it because in general people regard the Caribou Cup as the third competition people don't really care about it but you can understand some Spurs fans being a little bit upset after being knocked out by a League One side last night League yeah, two, you is can. It? Is it League Two? I mean, League Two is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, either way, it's not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, yeah, but it happens. But isn't that the, the whole point of cup competitions in the early rounds that the, the lower league guys get an opportunity to knock out a Premier League side? I, I, I haven't seen this first team, but I doubt they were playing their first first choice team. Mm. And they were playing a strong team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they, they're a good side, so all their options will be strong. Mm. But and you'd yeah, expect Lucas them. Lucas Moura, Deli Ali, they were playing some key players in that yeah. team. Fair enough. They had but, uh, Walker Peters. But it happens, Foyth. doesn't it? You know what I mean. I just, I just think it couldn't have happened at a worse time for Spurs with the spotlight on them at the mm. moment, and everyone sort of waiting for them to slip up at every opportunity. It just couldn't have happened at a worse time for them. And now, again, they're under the microscope, and that's why we're talking. I don't about think it was now. as embarrassing as losing to Newcastle in the Premier League. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's fair enough. That is fair enough. But there is a point that this was. We talk about the Caribou Cup and how fans, most fans would like their team to win the Caribou Cup, with the exception of maybe teams like Liverpool and Manchester City, who see it as a bit of a distraction. For teams like Spurs, who haven't won a competition since 2008, 
this is their chance to get a trophy, to get something in the cabinet. I think I think it's a huge thing for Pochettino to try and win a trophy, definitely. I mean, let's let's be frank, there's problems at Tottenham. Yeah. What's he said today? That the squad's competing with different agendas? Yeah. Yeah. That that does not sound like a happy camp. I think he's had his head turned. I think he quite fancies the Man United job now, or maybe going to Real Madrid, both of which those jobs could well be available in the next couple of months, looking at the you know, the way the way the wind's blowing. So I'm not sure he sees his long term future at Tottenham anymore. And I, I said this last year when they were somehow got to the Champions League final. They just look knackered. Mm-hmm. There's no energy or fizz about them at all. They, they look so leggy as a team. Their record since mid-February, played 26, won 8, lost 12. That's like... It's come out of nowhere. That's rubbish. It's awful. That's rubbish form. They haven't won an away game as well since January, I think it is. So they probably rock up to Colchester last night thinking, oh, we're finally going to get get that away win and yeah, then Colchester well, like it. nope it could be that kind of morale boosting win and we can question exactly what is going on at Spurs at the moment we can guess what's going on in Pochettino's head but looking at the comments last night there is clearly something that's an issue as you say he mentioned agendas so the quote a couple of quotes from what he was saying after the game he said January is going to be a good opportunity to fix this situation and the next one what does he mean by that? Fix the situation in January. Is he talking about the likes of Ericsson and Olderwalder, who obviously wanted to go in the summer, giving them an opportunity to leave and maybe settle the camp a little bit? Or is he talking about bringing new players in that he's not happy with the current squad he has? Well, he said in the summer, didn't he? He, he wasn't happy with what he said above him. He, he said, I'm just a coach. I'm not the manager. I'm not getting to the side signing. So maybe it's all just built up now. And obviously the Ericsson situation is obviously got into his head it's got into I guess Spurs fans heads as well because they know he he particularly doesn't want to be there but Mm. he has he has directed those comments at Levy in the summer already and with no answers to that during the summer at the end of the window it now goes on to January and I think it's just going to be a continuing problem until he gets backed and some people will argue he did get backed he's had undone ballet and Sessignon and players like that and that's a fair chunk of money to go out Celso was 62 as well ridiculous can't say he hasn't been backed. Exactly. What is being backed nowadays as well. But I think with, with most clubs, when there's something going on behind the scenes, there's someone to point to. So if there's something happening at United, you all look at Pogba, the Lingards and stuff like that. With mm. with Spurs, I can't quite put my finger on who the troublemaker is. No. Obviously, obviously Ericsson wants to leave. But well, Eric Dyer seems to have been... Pochettino. Pardon? I think it's Pochettino. Yeah. I think you, if you're looking for the troublemaker, I don't know what you think, Molly. I, I think it's Pochettino. What are you basing it? What, it could why, be. I mean, I just think it's, the noises he's making in the press just paint the picture of a very grumpy, dissatisfied guy, and I, and that has to rub off mm. on the rest of his squad. It, it, it it's top down culture, isn't it? It's been described as almost Jose Mourinho esque in very. his actions at the moment. He's got that kind of dour presence in press conferences. He's whinging. He's moaning. He's struggling to find positives. Yeah, I mean, he's always been quite a combative guy, hasn't he? Even when he was a player, he used to just basically kick people. <laughs> but um, but he does come across at the minute as very prickly in his demeanour. Mm. Yeah. And I think that there must be some uncertainty around him. There has to be. And that always will trickle down. Well, that's that's, that's the thing with Pochettino. When he first came, everyone always talks about him saying he's he's such a good man manager. He's so good to deal when he, When you see player interviews in, in the past seasons it's always been oh he's brilliant whether he's just a top guy and when mm. people go meet him they always speak so highly of him I think he could be I don't know what you guys think but he could be panicking because his stock's getting lower it's as a, this as this 
It's thing the only on. time in his career, you're absolutely right, Dom, where he hasn't been in an upward ascendancy. Mm. Mm. It's the first time he's really struggled anywhere. Is he a victim slightly of his own success? Has he taken Spurs to a point they've overachieved for the last... How long has he been there? Three seasons, maybe? Yeah. He's overachieved, but now he's maybe taken that team as far as they can and other teams have caught up. So is he, like I say, a victim of his own success to a certain extent? Maybe, but I think when they've proved that they've got they've got to a Champions League final, like they've got to a Champions League final and they've been very close to. But actually, that still says somehow they got to a Champions League final. But yeah, but also they nearly won the league a couple of years ago. They were in it to the to the very end, and then they they fell away a couple of years ago when Chelsea uh, held them. Was it two two mm. at uh, Stamford Bridge? But even then, people were saying. They don't. They almost almost like they didn't deserve to be in that race. There wasn't. I don't think there was a real expectation that they were well, going to go on. It's and win one. It. It's one thing saying that, but also they have got there. Like they've done. They've done that, and it's really hard to do over thirty-five games or whenever they fell out of the the race kind of thing. Mm. And then they got to the Champions League final. I just think it's it's a mentality to be at uh, an elite club, and you've got to believe that you have to, you have to have that arrogance. And I think Spurs think like like Phil said. Like oh shit, have we done that? Like you need you've done it. Believe that you're good enough to do it. And I I just think a lot of people like Ericsson and Alderweireld and even Pochettino to an extent have gone right. That's been great, but now my stocks at its highest. So mm. let's get out. And it's Is like it? yeah, if you if you kept everyone together, that team could be could win the Premier League if everyone was pulling the same direction. They've got the talent to do it. If uh, yeah, I mean they need City and Liverpool to slip up, but. If that team stayed away, stayed solid for the next couple of years, there's no reason why they can't challenge for the title with a couple of good signings as well. Don mentioned how Pochettino's got his reputation as a man-manager. Assuming that he has a good relationship with those players, would any departure from Spurs signal further player departures? Could you see like the likes of... If he goes to, say, for example, Real Madrid replaces Zidane, could you see Harry Kane following him, for example? I think Kane would be the last one out the door, but I think everyone else would be. It's <laughs> just there it. on his own. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be like that, like that uh, Will Smith meme when he's just stood there going, like looking around in his uh, in, in, in the, the uh, in the fresh prints. It'd be like selling the cockerel, <laughs> wouldn't it? Selling Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I, I I think absolutely. I think I, I don't want to say the word personality cult because I don't think that's what it is. But I think there is a huge respect from the players for Pochettino because of where he's taken Spurs mm. and if he leaves I think the next managerial appointment for Tottenham will arguably define where they go in the next 10 years as a club because if they can bring in someone who's of a similar calibre who's on the way up who's hungry who's going to put his blueprint on the team and, and take them to the next level fantastic but as, as someone you know as I, as I know from something painfully close to home if you are replacing a world-class manager, you better have someone <laughs> yeah. go up, up your back pocket because that, that's quite hard to come by. So what, what are we waiting for then? Are we waiting for January where Pochettino says he's going to fix these agendas or fix the issues? Or are we waiting for Zidane to get sacked at Real Madrid so he goes in there? Are we waiting for Solskjaer to get sacked at United so po- Pochettino goes? Because he's not going to get sacked by Levy. doesn't matter how bad results get. Levy can smell a payoff. He can smell a transfer fee for Pochettino, so he's not going to get rid of him. He's going to wait for him to leave. He's waiting for January because he'll be gone by December, so it's not his problem <laughs> to stick around with. I, I just don't know what... We, we've not seen a lot of massive business in, in January over recent seasons, have we? I, I just don't know who is out there for them to bring in. People say like Dybala and people like that, but mm. realistically, if they were going to get him and if he wanted to go, it probably would have happened in, in the summer, but... 
I just don't see who's out there that will come in and provide this massive boost that that we think could happen. I to think... improve on Spurs' team as well. Exactly. As we've said, and they've got a bad yeah, team. Yeah. You're very much into the sort of the finer margins, aren't you, when you're talking about improving a side like, or one of the better sides in the Premier League, Tottenham, Liverpool, Man United. It's hard to go and get someone who's demonstrably better than what they've got. Mm. Even their backup players. I mean, when you're a Brighton, Burnley, Watford, Newcastle, whoever, you can bring in players who will be a marked step up on what you've got. When are you Tottenham? Where's the obvious weak link in their side? I can't. Right, I, right back. But what Aurier isn't terrible though, and they've got. Yeah, but he didn't. He doesn't seem to fancy him. But I get your point. Like that's the only Aurier's still a good player. Yeah. yeah. Like he's hard to. Question it's going to cost you 50, 60 million, and then it, what, those players aren't available. There's been question marks over Loris, but again, he's one of the better keepers in the Premier League. Mm. But he's another one. He's he's got to. He he just seems to like. Have just settled now. He's mm-hmm. not as hungry as he was. You can tell it in in the goals he concedes. He's just not as asked about anything. <laughs> like since he came to the since this season started, he's been average. And like in their run to the Champions League last uh, Champions League final last year, he was great. And then he just sort of he went away in the summer as well. The summer before that, and he won the World Cup. It's hard to stay at the top of your game mm. when you've won the World Cup because he's he's thinking oh that's my career made I won the World Cup Instant and I'm Spurs captain instantly if you are a Tottenham fan or a fan of any team and you ever listen to this podcast going they are talking absolute rubbish you are more than welcome to get in touch via at the sports social on Twitter and you can come on the show and put us right tell us what you think about your team let's talk about the other picks that we made in the Caribou Cup games that were last night we picked a few games that we thought might be upsets on yesterday's podcast got them hopelessly wrong Watford versus Swansea was one that we selected as a potential upset Swansea ran Watford close it was 2-1 in the end maybe the interesting part of that was Danny Welbeck getting on the score sheet he hasn't played very much for Watford supposedly one of the reasons that Grazia was booted out of Watford was his reluctance to select Welbeck could he be the man to turn things around <laughs> oh my god the manager was pretend like one of the reasons that's oh my you know, supposedly that's Welbeck. hilarious <laughs> imagine thinking we've got to, we've got got to, play, to play Danny we've Welbeck got, we've well, got to keep Danny Welbeck happy at all costs well I mean if he wasn't a manager's pick and he was brought in by the board that's brilliant who knows you never know the reasons I mean the Pozzo family aren't the most level-headed you can imagine, individuals you can think. imagine the puzzles going, this is the first time he's been fit in six years, <laughs> fucking play him. <laughs> so we're dismissing Welbeck's impact. We're dismissing the, <laughs> the, the Welbeck conspiracy. <laughs> sure, right, like fine. Whew, we'll move on then. And the other one was Arsenal that we picked as a potential slip-up versus Forest. Completely blew that one out of the water. They won 5-0. Who they fielded a... Me, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> fielded a really young team as well and played some brilliant football. I've only watched the highlights but they looked like the Arsenal of old. They were knocking it about. They were playing silky first-time crosses into the box. They looked absolute quality. And that's, I mean, when you look at Arsenal going, the youth team's got more strength in it than first team. <laughs> that's probably quite nice for Arsenal fans to see, but weird at the same time. Arsenal are a great, great, great side until the opposition has the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so if not Forest didn't get the ball... yeah. I could play centre back for Arsenal if, <laughs> if we've got the ball all the time. You know what I mean? It's mm. the, the Arsenal's problem this season in particular, and it's weird because I thought Emery would be the man to actually sort that out. He came across as a very technically sound, defensively minded coach. But if they haven't got the ball, they're, they're clueless. <laughs> they have no obvious defensive shape. Nobody seems to know what they're doing. You watch pretty much any Premier League side, 
particularly the crap ones, or not the crap ones, sorry, the less, you know, the the, the smaller clubs, the, the less competitive sides, mm. they, they will do more work, I reckon, without the ball in terms of defensive shape and stuff like that and being difficult to break down. Dyche, you know, guys like that made Burnley the side that Burnley are on the basis of what is what is their work rate, what are they doing when they haven't got the ball because they know that more often than not they're not going to have the ball. Arsenal can have 70% possession but they'll be absolutely mullered by someone because the second that the opposition's got the ball they just panic. Yeah. Mm. I reckon if you looked at the, the running stats of like, you know, James Tarkowski compared to Socrates, I bet he runs a shitload more because he's putting himself about a bit and heading everything back and everything but yeah, as soon as Arsenal get it you, you fear for them, don't you? So... It's it, it's it's bonkers, and so I mean you, you can't. I don't. There'll be games where they they cover Premier League side six and out because they're good. Got Lacazette, Pepe, and Aubameyang mm-hmm. up front. Yeah, it, you know it, it's a it's a dream team. But until they sort out what's going on at the back, they'll never mount a meaningful challenge. It's just just nothing's changed. Like yeah. I, just that's the thing that frustrates the hell out of me with Arsenal. Like every season, it's like oh they might actually mount a decent challenge, and just nothing changes. Like you can talk about Wenger, you can talk about. Emery coming in, nothing has changed. They're still that side that, um, I don't know, just a bit. I just, if Arsenal got Rafa, just here, here we're, back <laughs> to, here, we're back to the loving. Yeah. But if Arsenal got someone like a Benitez who could go in and sort them out, mm. Christ, they'd be difficult to beat. Mm. Because he'd, he'd have them, he'd have them drilled with with arguably better players than he's had at Newcastle. They yeah. conceded, they conceded more goals than Newcastle last mm. year. Well, let's hope that never happens because Arsenal Fan TV has suddenly become a very boring place. <laughs> right, let's talk more about the Caribou Cup in a second. More Premier League teams in action for the first time in the competition. Plus, we're going to be speaking to Rochdale's chief executive ahead of their game against Manchester United this evening. We'll do it next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, daily Premier League news in a podcast every single day of the season. We're going to talk about the Caribou Cup now, which I know is not Premier League, but there's a load of Premier League teams in action. Those fixtures are Manchester United versus Rochdale, Brighton versus Villa, Burton versus Bournemouth. We've got Chelsea versus Grimsby, MK Dons versus Liverpool, Oxford are playing West Ham United, Sheffield United, Sunderland and Wolves versus Reading. I'm going to ask the ball to pick where they think the potential upsets there might be shortly. But first, we're going to look at what has to be the pick of that bunch, and it's Manchester United versus Rochdale. It's the kind of cup tie that makes us believe in the magic of the cup, even if it is just the magic of the Caribou Cup and not the FA Cup. And ahead of that fixture, we're going to speak to David Bottomley, who's the chief executive of Rochdale. Hi, David. Hi. Thank, Thank you very you. much for coming on. Pleasure. Big night tonight. This... If you looked at, it's one of those cliches, I know, but this was the tie you would have wanted, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. So it's, um, I mean, the last time we played Manchester United was um, 33 years ago in the third round of the FA Cup. So we've waited a long time. And um, I remember um, was watching the draws on my way back from watching a Lancashire Cup game against uh, Morecambe, actually, that kicked off at seven o'clock and we'd lost and managed to find a pub on the way home. Uh, to see the draw and um, you know, I just knew when Manchester United came out of the hat I just absolutely knew I just absolutely knew that um, that we were going to be the, the next ball out of the hat it's just one of those feelings you get and I've been watching Rochdale for 51 years so it doesn't happen very often They've obviously still got that status Manchester United they're still the club that people like to beat but now they're a club that are more beatable than they have been in the previous 10 years do you fancy this one? Um, 
I think the main. Let me say the main thing is that we, we we've got a we've got a great young manager in Brian Barry Murphy. We've got a fantastic coaching staff set up behind him that, that that he's put in place, and we've got a team there where the team spirit is excellent. And this season we're playing a possession-based football game that's really excited a lot of people watching us in League One, both our own supporters and away supporters. And we we, we played South away a few weeks ago and won three nil, and their supporters were just full of praise for the way we've played, and they'd watch their team lose for the sixth consecutive game so I, I, we just want to go there tonight and um, play our football and if we can spring a surprise that's great um, you know I, I, I'm not a football person I still see football as a fan mm. um, everyone laughs at that at the club because my technical ability to understand formations and how they change or all those things I still see it as a fan so I enjoy football and we're going there yeah full of confidence but um, we're very respectful of the club we're actually playing and, and the depth of squads that the Premiership teams have um, and you know they'll take it seriously Manchester City took it very seriously last night against Preston mm. and you, you respect that I think you know Tottenham made 10 changes away at Colchester and lost and so I think that says it all about um, some clubs in this competition but we know that Manchester United will take it seriously because they'll, they, they, they want to win silverware when you pick up that team sheet and you look at it for the first time and you see who Manchester United are playing, what do you want? Do you want to see, because there's rumours that Paul Pogba could come back tonight, do you want to see the superstars playing or do you want to see a few changes in there that maybe give you that little bit more of a chance? Both. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, 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 of course you want to see their best team because, you know, it doesn't... Um, it's a great achievement for us to get to this round of this competition. We've had a, a in the last um, six, seven years, we've had some good first round wins and then some awful second round ties, always away from home. So this year we got a home tie. Uh, we got lucky that we got a, a, a team, Carlisle, with no disrespect to them because they're a good team, but the league below us and we beat them in a very close game and then, you know, got this reward, which is fabulous. So for our supporters and all of us and for our own, for our players, you want, you want to see them playing against the very best don't you absolutely David I couldn't agree more just you know on the subject of tonight's game just fill you um, if I was looking to have a bet I don't know that much about the Rochdale squad if I was looking at you know putting some, some cash on maybe first goal scorer and doesn't this break EFL rules <laughs> I, I, I feel I couldn't possibly comment on that because I'm forbidden um, from any employee of a football club or anyone connected with a football club forbidden from betting but um, so you, I, 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 honestly I'm smiling I'm smiling who were, who were the, the uh, who were, basically I suppose what I'm asking is who were, who were the Rochdale danger men to look out for tonight well the, the, the one thing I'll say is that Ian Henderson is not very uh, far off being our all-time leading goal scorer. Ian's been with us for seven seasons. Um, he's, he's a great figure um, at our football club, both on and off the pitch. And so, you know, maybe you, you, you look you look no further. Um, Stephen Dooley's in very good form. And so I, I can't say any more, really. No, no, I, I totally yeah, understand. Thank you. Thanks. Dave, I watched you uh, away at Shrewsbury this season. Really impressive what Brian Barry Murphy's trying to do. Do you think you're going to be the first League One club in history to go to Old Trafford and look to dominate possession? <laughs> because that's uh, uh, that's the way we're playing the game at this moment in time. We are playing a very possession-based football game. It's taken a lot of us um, a few games to get used to it in terms of we, we do play it at the back and sometimes it can be quite nervy. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll let you get off very shortly. I'm sure you've got loads to get on with before tonight's game. Before you go, I need to ask you quickly, because obviously in the Football League at the moment, particularly in the North West, there's been financial issues with Berry and Bolton, both going through really troubling times at the moment. You guys have been there yourselves in the 80s. You almost disappeared from existence. How does this get sorted? Because it seems to be the beginning of something rather than the end that football league clubs are going through financial difficulties. Is there an easy solution? Is there something that needs to be done? There's been a lot of talk about Premier League financial well, trickle-down. Yeah, there's only one solution to the, the issues in the Championship, League One and League Two. And that is very simply, it is football is the only industry in the world that pays its employees more than it can afford to pay. Mm. And in many cases, more than its actual annual turnover does it pay out in in, in wages. And that's, I I do not begrudge any professional footballer earning money or earning good money. At the Premier League level, you have silly money coming into the game and therefore you can pay silly money out. But at every other level in the Championship, League One and Two within the EFL framework, very few clubs have silly money and um, it is unfortunately uh, the situation that clubs have created for themselves where we get into this situation where in order to appease managers at clubs who a lot of clubs have had a lot of power in persuading boards that they want X player and they've got to have him in the team and therefore you know people in my position who are negotiating with players or agents you know almost concede to demands rather than say no we can't afford to pay that and that's how the game has got into the trouble it has so it needs some form of in my opinion regulation uh, on uh, on a salary cap and I, I hate to say that because you know one of the great things in professional football in 1963 was when the PFA campaigned quite rightly for the abolition of the maximum wage but there has to be some regulation because you know we're facing tough times as a society 9,000 jobs at Thomas Cook going the other day and that has to have a knock on somewhere within within the industry that we're because you know Thomas Cook were actually a company that heavily involved I went to an EFL conference in Portugal in the summer where Thomas Cook were a sponsor of that so you know that's that's a chunk of money that will not be coming into the game next year and we all have to be very mindful of um, financial situations sorry I'll get off my soapbox now because you can tell <laughs> I feel quite passionate about clubs that get into financial trouble because we try so hard at Rochdale to maximise every penny we have and make that penny work and at the same time put out the best possible team we can do on the on the, on the playing pitch and support our manager in what he wants to do. David, very sensible and level-headed response. Thank you very much for that and thank you very much for coming much. on. Thank really appreciate it. Good Thanks, luck tonight. David. Good luck Thanks. tonight. Thank you. Thanks very much. Bye. So when we look at those result games tonight, lads... We've got a whole host of Premier League teams involved. Is Manchester United Rochdale the upset? I'm going to let you each pick a potential upset each. You can go first, Marley. I don't think that Rochdale will do it. What a story it's, if they did that. It would be amazing and it would be absolutely horrific for United. Like, you know, it's that kind of fairy tale thing. Um, but if I'm going to pick. Ooh. It doesn't really look like you know there's what? many risky games in this little collection from tonight. Not as much as yeah. last night. Not as much potential for mistakes. For me, and the Man United-Rochdale thing is a possibility if Manchester United make a whole host of changes because they don't want to risk any more injuries. Yeah. And but I would, even then, there's depth in that team that can beat Rochdale, potentially. Yeah, I mean, they should, you know, heavily under-23 side, you know, with like the likes of Chong, Gomez, Garner, those kind of players. They should get it done. Um, but looking at the, I was basically before I was trying not to pick the one this one, um, because I think the best chance of an upset is Sunderland away to Sheffield United. 
Hilar- it's hilarious to consider Sunderland playing Sheffield United an upset, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. As a Newcastle fan, it's <laughs> very, yeah, very, very funny. I was just trying desperately not to pick them, but I just think looking at the the things, I think Sheffield United will be focused on the league. They won't be too asked about very solid going season, for a cup. Though. Yeah, I think they'll they'll change a lot of the team, and Sunderland potentially can pick them off. Phil, you going along with that? Uh, yeah, I, just, I still think it's hilarious that you know Sunderland are considered. It would be giant killers, um, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, I think the Sun have got a good chance going there. I think that I think Rochdale could certainly bloody Man United up a little bit tonight. Mm. But if, I think if I was picking a side to turn over a higher division side, I'd say Reading at Wolves because mm. I think Wolves will play the reserves. I think and they're Wolves already... are struggling generally anyway. I think uh, they're struggling with fixtures as well. I they've think got yeah, the they've got League massive fixtures. And... I don't think they want to be in the Europa League. I, uh, sorry, I don't think they want to be in the Carabao Cup mm. because they want they'd rather play in the Europa League and. Can't really play in both before Christmas, or you play like five hundred games. A day off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'd say I think Redden will turn Wolves over at night. Dom, anything different you want to throw into the mix? Yeah, I'm going with the uh, Grimsby to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Wow, <laughs> I'm backing it. I'm oh, backing wow. it. It's gone, it's uh, gone big. Yeah, I, I, I watched Grimsby play Oldham the other weekend, and I just fancy like the big man James Anson up top just to rough up those academy centre backs and whatnot. And I don't know, I can see it happening. I can see a, a cup upset in Frank Lampard's future. Well, there you go. Three big picks for upsets. I can't see any. I think every single Premier League team in that mix is probably going to go through. I think yours is probably the best shout, Phil. I think Wolves might, if they're not interested in the cup, see an early exit. But that is it from Football Social Daily. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. There'll be a brand new show tomorrow looking at the latest Premier League news, and we'll see you then. Football Social Daily Premier League updates. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.